Term earworm, and I'm not sure that uh, that term was around when How Bizarre came out. One of the greatest songs, surely, uh, certainly commercially the most successful record released out of New Zealand. Although we're having a debate on text about uh, whether there were better productions. Anyway, it went worldwide, 96, 97, number one in 15 different countries. Co-written by the late uh, Paulie Foimana and producer Alan Jansen worked on it as well. It's fascinating history because it didn't just kind of magically appear. It took an awful lot. It took a couple of months uh, to mark the 25th anniversary. It's coming out on vinyl. Uh, now we'll go by Skype to Bangkok. Simon Greig uh, was there at the beginning. Simon funded and released the song under the record label Ha. Uh, and it's such a big thing, he's even written a book about it and how it took uh, the world by storm. He's with us by Skype from Bangkok. Simon, uh, look, looking back on how it, how it all came about, uh, there was a bit of a coincidence there, wasn't there? Yeah, it kind of was. It was uh, how bizarre it came about, I think, because three people sort of arrived at the same place at the same time. Uh, Alan Jensen, who I'd been working with since the early... 1980s, on and off, had uh, rang me up and he said that he got this guy and he was going to make a record with him and he really wanted me to hear it because I had a record label at the time and I'd said to Alan, you know, if you have anything good, just ring me up. And so I went down to the studio and the guy in the studio was a guy called Paulie Fuimana and I knew Paulie from the club that I co-owned in High Street, uh, Course 11 The Box. His sister used to sing with a band in the club and uh, Paulie just was just one of the guys. He used to hang around, basically. So uh, I kind of knew he had something special about him. He had a sense of style about him, but I didn't really know he was a singer or a rapper. So um, Alan played me a track, and it was the very, very first version of How Bizarre. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pretend to know a great deal about music, Simon, but I was in music radio for a fair while, and sometimes the first time you hear a song, you just go, wow, you just know. It kind of was how it was. I He played me the song that was originally at that stage called Doof It Up. And we could have look, looked at each other and Doof It Up is not a great name for a song. You know, It means having a, having a punch up or something. And this was a positive song. So I went through a whole number of variations, became Big Top. The first time it was ever played live in New Zealand, it was, it was under the name Big Top. And... The uh, and then eventually Alan named it How Bizarre after something his wife used to say all the time. She used to walk into the studio and with a cup of tea for the guys and go, he'd play something and she'd say, How bizarre. And they realised that was a good name for the song. But the very first time I heard it, you kind of knew it was special. I, and Paulie had something, an X factor about him as well. Alan mm. is an immensely talented producer. So I kind of knew it was going to happen. So I dug into the back pocket and found some money and threw some money at them and said, make a record. Was that an expensive process? It cost $5,000 to make the single. I just managed to find, I borrowed $5,000 and gave it to them and then 
they made the record. Back then, that was almost a house. <laughs> not, not quite a house in those days. But yeah, I know what you mean. It was a lot of money, but also it was... Uh, I knew that Alan was not the fastest producer in the world, and it could take a while. And he allocated probably the next two or three months to the song and started working on it. And, yeah, it was worth working on it. We knew we had something there. And when you have something, you sort of, like, have to follow your instincts, I suppose. And I had a hunch it was going to work, and it did. Did you keep this under wraps? Did you keep it to yourselves? Or did you at any time think, you know what, uh, we're a couple of months into this, do we need another ear on it? Uh, no, it was just the three of us at that stage. And I had a, um, a standalone deal with uh, Polygram Records at the time, whereby I could take things to them and they would release them if they liked them. So I always had that backup there. But I didn't go to Polygram until later and say, look, I've got something to listen to. Um, and that was when we had a finished song, more or less. So it really was just Alan, Paulie and myself. And what was their reaction when they first heard it? Uh, it was kind of mixed. The uh, the guy from Polygram said, um, I can't quite hear it, but I, but I trust you, so we'll release it. But Alan and I had kind of figured out that we had something bigger, so we flew to Australia. We, we actually got Polygram New Zealand to pace to advance a couple of airline tickets. Flew to Australia, went to Polygram in Australia and played it to them, and the managing director came running through from the next office and said, what's that, what's that? And uh, they said they promised us a number one record. So we went from there and went back to New Zealand. And all of a sudden, the New Zealand company had become very enthusiastic about the record. So you've got the record company behind you. That's one thing. But you haven't really got a touring band. How, from an office in Auckland, without an internet really, how do you take it to the world? Well, we kind of knew that we had to have a hit in Australia to take it to the world. The song had the legs to go around the world and... I knew that. And Alan used to say to me all the time, I want to have a number one record in America. And I'd go, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, but it's not that easy. As you say, from New Zealand back then, having a number one record in New Zealand for, for months wouldn't make a dent in the world's um, music industry. Whereas a number one record in Australia, the land of ACDC and Olivia Newton-John and the Bee Gees and all that sort of stuff, that makes a difference. So we went to Australia when they said they were going to give us the number one record. That was our our foot in the door, really. Yeah. Ooh, Even playing that now, you think uh, that still sound that's still got a fresh noise uh, to it. 25 years on, how bizarre! Simon Griggs with us by uh, Skype out of uh, Bangkok. He's the well, he was the he was the money uh, behind the song, and uh, since then it has carried on. It it doesn't seem to have aged, and it's coming back again. Uh, uh, kind of a revitalization, kind of a rebirth because it's all it's never really gone away it's um the airplay on the record has grown over the last maybe 15 years or so and it's been on countless tv shows and uh, movies and all that sort of stuff adverts so it's always been there um but it's gone to a new generation of people that just 
uh, via new platforms like TikTok. And TikTok is something, i got to be honest, I don't really understand it. I don't really pay much attention to it. And then all of a sudden in December last year, it got picked up on the site. And for people that don't know, TikTok is when they take a small video and put, often put music to it. And it's only a few seconds long. So a, a part of How Bizarre was made into a video by a, an influencer on TikTok. And he shared it. And all of a sudden it went crazy. And all of a sudden you're back. Absolutely. And so what happened was the little part of the song, I think it's, ooh, baby, you're making me crazy. How bizarre, how bizarre. That fits with you know, a million different things. And the guy put a tag on it, how bizarre. And the tag got shared 5.9 billion times, I think, to date. So it gives you an idea of how many people have clicked on that and seen one of these videos with this, this particular thing. Um, what it translates to in money, I have no idea. No one can really tell us. But the um, another 340 or 400,000, I'm not sure of the exact figure right now, uh, new videos were made. After this original one was made by this influencer guy, another, another several hundred thousand short videos have been made of the song. Do you earn money out of that? Sorry, nosy question. Do you... Do you earn money out of that, or do other people? Well, we all earn money out of that, we hope. I've gone back to Polygram, which, which is now universal, a couple of times and said, like, how does this translate? And they said, we, we have a deal with, with TikTok. I said, well, yeah, but, you know, what? And no one can really tell us right now, so I suppose we're waiting to see what happens when the royalties come through. I mean, it may be nothing, it may be large, we don't know. No idea. In all the years since, has anything turned your head, become an instant earworm, like How Bizarre did? Not really, in terms of what I released, or not really, no. It's um, How Bizarre was that once-in-a-lifetime thing. We didn't quite realise how much of a once-in-a-lifetime it was, like, you know, we released the record, it went, went, it was huge in America and big all over the world, and we kind of thought that was it. And then... It just did, didn't go away. So it's kind of, in a way, it's, it's defined a large part of my life. It defined Paulie's life. And it's definitely defined Ellen Jansen's life as well. And it's become now part of the uh, New Zealand cultural wallpaper, if you will. It's, it's, it's part of us. And it's also part of the world. Like every time a producer for a TV show is looking for a song from the 90s, they seem to go, that's the song. So it gets licensed for use in countless TV shows. By the rights, how bizarre. How bizarre. 